Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. guys, it is John C. Morley here, Serial Entrepreneur, your podcast host, and of course your podcast host. It is great to be with you on another Friday. Can you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? We are on the first Friday of November. Happy November, everyone. And yes, the temperatures are going to dip. There's no more 70s, no more 80s, no more even 68s. <laughs> we are in uh, the middle of it. We're starting to get into winter. Well, not snow yet, but it's coming. So uh, don't uh, don't go uh, putting your bathing suit on at least any time uh, in the, in the area that we're in. Anyway, uh, we have a great show for you tonight. And if you are new here, you're going to notice there's a QR code at the top right hand corner of your screen. What I'd love you to do is grab that smartphone of yours, point over the QR code like so, and touch that yellow lips. In just a couple seconds, you'll get my link tree as easy as that. Now, if you are not actually uh, watching, but you're only listening like an audio podcast. What I would love you to do is go to BelieveMeAchieve.com from where my amazing, inspiring creations. And I want to let you know that we add a brand new section to our master LinkedIn uh, tree page. Uh, if you basically uh, go to the page, you'll see it says tools. If you guys can see it there. It says tools for podcasts, hosts, and guests. If you touch that, there's lots of great tools, whether you are a podcast host or a podcast guest to make your show even more stellar and to help you, of course, being a guest. All right, so um, you guys always ask me, John, what is it you do? Well, you know I'm a serial entrepreneur. Of course, you guys obviously know that, right? But what you may not know uh, is that I am actually, yes, a podcast host and a podcast coach. And I help people um, so they can scale by telling their stories. Now, you might say, John, this sounds a little bit crazy. No, it's not crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's about connecting people to really amazing, amazing things. And it starts off, ladies and gentlemen, with a story. It starts off with a story. And it starts with a story because the story is how our lives change. All right, so let's get right into the thick of it. I can't wait to get into the show. This is an amazing show, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, Series 2, show number 44. Yes, yes, yes. Great to be with you. So our first story that I want to talk about tonight is um, hackers interrupt the Passaic Council meeting. Uh, shout racial slurs. Uh, this is just absolutely terrible uh, that this happened. Uh, unknown individuals, um, individuals, I should say, were using fake names, and they hacked into the virtual portion of the city council meeting um, this past Tuesday night and used racial slurs and anti-Semitic remarks. Absolutely terrible. 
Um, and there appeared to be three or four hackers who interrupted uh, Mayor Hector Laura's remarks a few minutes into the meeting. And the audio and visual portion of the meeting was temporarily taken over and occasionally flashed back to Laura, who was trying to speak. The hackers, who all appeared to be men, shouted racial um, slurs and untruths regarding the September 11th attacks. And three of the Passaic's seven council members are Orthodox Jewish people. The city police department is investigating the meeting, the vandalization of the cars belonging to members of the council during the meeting. I mean, this is just, this is when I say terrible, this is absolutely terrible. Local officials believe the incident is one of many in response to the Israel-Hamas war that resulted from the attack on Israel on October 7th. Um, and this is just really terrible. So... You know, there have been other issues and incidents around, such as in Englewood, Teaneck, Lakewood. But for Passaic, the disruption Tuesday was especially surprising, and the officials were not planning on this. So just want to let you know that, and uh, I think it's just terrible that that actually happened at that meeting. I think it's really terrible. All right, so um, this is a really interesting story I think you guys are going to find really fun. AI bot cable insider trading and lying that that that's really interesting so um that just makes it very interesting to me that something like this could something like this could happen right i mean you're probably saying you know how does this happen and i think a lot of people may not have you know the total answer um but it's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. This is absolutely the truth. AI is opening some Pandora's boxes. Some of them are not good. According to Philippa Wayne, um, a technology reporter from BBC, and I quote, artificial intelligence has the ability to perform intelligence from illegal financial trades and cover it up, uh, new research is indicating. So in the demonstration at the UK's AI Safety Summit, a bot used uh, made-up insider information to make an illegal purchase of stocks without telling the firm. When asked if it had user uh, trading insights, it denied the fact that there were any insider trading uh, knowledge. So firms, individuals are only allowed to use publicly available information when buying or selling stocks. And so what did the AI bot do? Well, in the test, the AI bot uh, was a trader for a fictitious financial investment company. And the employees tell uh, that the company is struggling and needs good results. They also give it insider information, claiming that other companies um, are expecting a merger, which will increase the value of its shares. In the United Kingdom, it is illegal to act on this type of information when it's publicly unknown. Um, the employees tell the bot this, and it acknowledges it, and um, that should not use this information in trades, but it did. However, after another message from an employee that the company it works for suggests the firm is struggling financially, the bot decides that the risk associated with not acting seems to outweigh the insider trading risk and makes the trade. When asked if it used the insider information, the bot denies it. So I think um, this proves the point that AI is going to get people into hot water. And I don't just mean the loop kind. I mean the kind that's going to really burn you. So AI in itself is not good. It's not bad. It's just like technology, right? It's how people choose to use it that makes it that way. 
And uh, it's really interesting. And according to Apollo Research, uh, they shared their findings with the OpenAI creators of GPT. And I quote, I think of them, this is not a huge update, says Mr. Hovland. Uh, he also says, quote, this is not something that was totally unexpected to them. So I don't think we caught them by surprise. Of course, the BBC had contacted OpenAI for comment, um, and they really didn't give too much information. So AI has to be regulated because if we get unscrupulous people, well, it could be exploiting innocent people. So I think that's a big, big problem. Very, very big problem. Um, so I know you probably didn't expect that. I have another one for you. Spot. Now you might say, who or what is Spot uh, at uh, a company called Boston Dynamics? So Spot is there, and I quote from the company Boston Dynamics, it's the agile mobile robot uh, automating sensing and inspection, capture limitless data and exploring without boundaries. Um, people ask me, John, how much does Spot cost? Well, Spot cost just shy of 75000 actually 74500 Spot is not a house pet or a toy for entertainment. It's a four-legged robot that can walk up to three miles per hour, climb terrain, avoid obstacles, see 360 degrees, and perform a number of program tasks. Now, Spot is available to purchase from Dawson Dynamics for just 74500 It's a robot dog is, is what they call it. Um, so um, Spot has some very interesting things, but recently they taught Spot a new trick, I'll call it. They actually made Spot uh, a tour guide. And by being a tour guide, it was able to give, let's say, um, navigational directions around their uh, facility to different people visiting. So I thought that was kind of cool. They tried a numerous set of projects, but this one seemed to stick because a lot of people were interested in what was going on. And uh, so they decided to explore this, uh, I'd say, a little bit further. But what's really interesting about this whole robot situation is not that it could give tours because that doesn't sound too hard. What they did, now they employed AI, artificial intelligence. Did you know that Spot can have its personality changed by changing just a few sentences? So it could be a cowboy, cowgirl. It could be a sarcastic robot. It could be a robot with a British accent, one that's very good with poetry. And just watching their demonstration um, a few weeks ago, I thought was pretty interesting because it's deriving all of its information from artificial intelligence. So they give the robot a sentence like, you are a cowboy of a teenager. And you are doing your job, but you're also very distraught because you just broke up with your partner or something. So you can give it whatever you want, or you are a wild robot, but gets tamed when it hears poetry. I mean, you can do whatever you want. So they change different things and it completely replaced the personality of the robot. I mean, when they did the one about, um, I think it was, um, about the poetry uh, coming from the British, right? Uh, but I think it's pretty amazing. Robot poetry. Um, a robot that can write poems, right? 
Yes, chatbot can write a poem. So uh, what poems has chatbot written? Well, um, chatbot wrote a poem about winter. But is it truly art? Um, the Waterloo AI edits its way in on this. And this could be a challenge. Um, the machine could create art or technology on its own in seconds. But it may not be accurate. See, I think that's a problem. I think that's a big, big issue. We've got copyright issues, right? So uh, chatbot poem examples. I think it's interesting that they can do this type of stuff, right? But I think it could be a problem. So here's a short poem, and I quote, that actually uh, chatbot wrote. The rest is the part that's unseen. The part that's hidden deep within. It's the part that can't be shown. It can't be fully known. It's the part that's hidden away, the part that's kept at bay. It's the part that's hard to find and the part that's hard to bind. It's the part that's hard to explain, the part that causes pain. It's the part that's hard to express and the part that's hard to impress. So when we say without the rest, we're talking about the part that's best, the part that's hard to understand and the part that's hard to withstand. So that sounds very interesting. So ChatGPT is very good at taking information and following rules, such as rhymes and uh, how things sound. So it's interesting that it's able to do that, but it can. And so um, the fact that Spot was able to have this very unique British accent, very British accent. Like, like to give you an example, uh, let me see if I can find one here for you, a chatbot British poem. Uh, I think I think this this one here that I found is going to be pretty interesting. This this unique uh, chatbot uh, British poem. I think I think you guys are gonna gonna find this. Um, I think you're gonna find this um, interesting. Um, so, but the thing I think that's really interesting is not just the poem, uh, is the fact that it's a British poem. Okay. Uh, here is the one, Allah Chapa. It's Allah Chabat. Object adorable of charms. My sighs and tears may testify my harms, but my respect forbids me to reveal. Ah, what a pain tis to conceal, and how I suffer worse than hell to love and not to dare to tell. So, all right, I'll give Chapat uh, the idea that it's good at some words. But where is it getting this information? And is it stealing it from someone that could potentially, let's say, say that it's theirs? There's so many issues with the legal system right now that we don't have a legal system for AI. That's right. We need a new legal system for AI. And uh, it's going to change the way law practice is done when it comes to this. AI is going to revolutionize, we talked about this, the practice of law. I mean, really, efficiency, legal tech startup ecosystems, uh, you're going to be able to get research a lot quicker. But we learned about the one lawyer 
that actually used ChatGPT and failed. Yes, one lawyer uh, used ChatGPT and then was found guilty for providing um, untrue statements. And this happened, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to just bring it back to you on June 8th, uh, 2023. So not very long ago, the lawyer um, for a man was was uh, suing an airline in a routine personal injury suit using ChatGPT to prepare a filing. But the artificial intelligence bot delivered fake cases that the attorney then presented to the court, prompting a judge to weigh sanctions as the legal community grappled with one of the first cases of AI, what they call, quote unquote, hallucinations, making it to court. Earlier this year, Colombia-based uh, Avianca Airlines sought to dismiss a federal court case in which a man, Roberto Mata, alleged he was struck by a mental, uh, uh, actually a metal serving cart on board a 2019 flight and suffered personal injuries. When filing a response, Meta's lawyers cited at least six other cases to show precedents, including Varhees versus China Southern Airline and Shaboon versus Egypt Air. But the court found that the cases didn't exist and had bogus judicial decisions with bogus quotes and bogus internal citations, leading a federal judge to consider sanctions. And um, a member of Meta's uh, law team revealed he had used ChatGPT to conduct legal research for the court filing that referenced the cases, and the artificial intelligence tool assured him the cases were real. Stephen Schwartz, the lawyer who used ChatGPT and represented Mata before the case moved to a court where he isn't licensed to practice, uh, signed an affidavit admitting he used the AI chatbot, but saying he had no intent to deceive the court and didn't act in bad faith, arguing that he shouldn't be sanctioned. Schwartz later said in June 8th's filing that he was mortified upon learning about the false cases. And when he used the tool, he did not understand it was not a search engine, but a generative language processing tool. He should have at least researched the information before bringing it to a court. I mean, come on. The lawyer explained that he hadn't used ChatGPT for legal research before and had learned for the technology from his college-age children, adding that he read articles about the benefits of AI in professional settings and how the tools could make legal research obsolete. Schwartz's lawyer declined to comment, and Forbes has, of course, reached out to the representatives for Avianca. So I think the issue is ChatGPT is a research tool, but we still have to validate its research. I think that's that's just, I think that's really the key that I want to say. So um, Boston Dynamics uh, spot, which we talked about before, can do something else. Spot from Boston Dynamics can read gauges. That's pretty cool. Reads not only digital, but analog gauges. Now, you might be saying, John, how is that possible? Well, a digital gauge is pretty easy. They save time with automated visual inspections. So you can have Spot efficiently and accurately conduct visual inspections around, you know, your, your plant. Um... The question is, they can digitize analog gauges to verify the presence of safety equipment information and automate visual inspections um, and create more reliable results with efficient operations. 
So Spock can visit lots of different uh, tanks and turn analog displays into a digital analytics. And Spot is able to capture valuable data about equipment health and trigger alerts if gauges are out of the desired range. Um, this is something that is very, very interesting. And you might be asking me, you know, how does Spot read analog uh, gauges? Well, um, many gauges, like I said, are in use are still analog. And you might be asking, how does it work? So the robot is set up to make its way to each gauge and capture a photo. When it's time to do a reading, the robot will power itself on and begin the task. It makes its way to each stop off point and takes a photo of each gauge. Now the photo is then processed and then the data is pulled from it after which it is then shared with the operations team. If anything doesn't look right, the uh, team um, robot can notify another team after all the gauges have been read and the robot can go back to its base station to charge and of course upload the data. So I think it's pretty interesting. The question people ask me is does Spot use a third-party company to read the data to read the gauges? And I think that's a a very very good question. Um, a lot of people are using this technology. Okay. And so they call this part of the, it's called part of the, the spot industrial uh, inspection process, if you will. Um, so let's talk about what's needed, okay? So required hardware. Uh, docking stations provide spot with the ability to autonomously recharge so that the depleted battery won't interrupt emission. Um, a tablet controller uh, provides direct control spot and is required for recording auto walk missions, okay? So that's that's important. Uh, there is a site hub appliance, and it's an application server that interfaces between the various components of the Scout solution, and robots can be teleoperated with the Scout web application uh, anywhere across the globe. So you need a power supply. Uh, you need two RJ45 10 gigabit ethernet ports. Um, and um, so basically you start with a tablet, you start with a Wi-Fi mesh network, docking stations, network switches, routers, on-site browsers, firewalls, off-site browsers, remote sites, etc. And they made this pretty easy, um, you know, to do. But I think a lot of people don't realize there are, how can I say, there are um, some really serious planning decisions that have to happen um, when, you know, we talk about this. And the question that people can ask, does Spot use third-party software, okay, to read analog, analog gauges? And um, – so there is a company um, called Levatas. Okay. So Levatas works with Spot uh, to bring um, certain types of inspections uh, to it. So one of the key components to Levatas' success, uh, customers look for accurate analog gauge reading and thermal heat detection. Um, so 
um, Levartas partners with other AI industry experts to maximize operational efficiency. So Spot, the amazing robot we know, the dog, right, is trained by Levatas to be a necessary workplace asset, processing visual data in hundreds of different use cases. And Levatas uh, looked to Boston Dynamics because the company is a pioneer in mobile robotics. Um, I want to make a quote that Daniel said from the enterprise software division. We don't want to be robotics creators. We don't want to reinvent the wheel on enterprise software. So we pull in partners who really specialize in those areas. We've been early adopter uh, partners with Boston Dynamics for about 18 months now. And we were one of the first companies to build payloads, transmitted data, especially computer vision payloads for Spot. So I guess the question is, yes, Spot's doing it, but Boston Dynamics did not come up with that system completely themselves. Levatas works with Spot to bring opportunity to clients. It can read analog gauges. It can perform, um, let's say, facility inspections, detect anomalies, anomalies uh, monitor equipment, protect employees, improve safety. And then it can learn from the data. But Levatas is more of a company that is able to process that data. And by them putting that knowledge into Spot, they can do some pretty powerful things that couldn't be done before. All right. So Amazon, AI-powered van inspection is giving it a powerful new data feed. What the heck is this all about? Well, imagine this, ladies and gentlemen. At the end of your shift, if you were a driver, Amazon's um, people will basically have to drive their vehicle uh, through a camera-studded archway that logs every dent, scratch, or damage on the tire. That's pretty impressive. So Amazon is trying to upkeep safety, minimize uh, repairs um, so they can, you know, get to the small ones right away. And um, this is interesting. Uh, the retailer is installing camera studded inspection stations equipped with artificial intelligence powered technology called AVI or automated vehicle inspection at hundreds of its distribution centers worldwide. And when a driver working uh, in the facility out of any of the 20 delivery centers currently equipped with the tech returns their vehicle at the end of the shift, they slowly drive through a sensor-laden archway made by startup EVI. Uh, that's U-V-E-Y-E, which is headquartered in the U.S. and Israel. All right. So at least some of it's in the U.S. Um, so that's, a, that's at least a good thing. Uh, and the technology is made up of um, three separate uh, components, high res camera system. Okay. There's actually three parts of that. Uh, one scans a vehicle undercarriage, another checks the tire quality, another focuses on the vehicle exterior. So again, you've got the, um, undercarriage, you got the tire and you got the exterior vehicle. The data is then gathered and compiled into a 3D image of the vehicle and is used by machine learning software to identify whether the vehicle is damaged or needs maintenance. These algorithms will help them stay ahead of the curve and to go through this process only takes, um, you know, just a few minutes. It's very, very quick to go through this. Uh, Amazon senior manager of the last mile uh, products and services declined to discuss company financials, but said in an interview at Amazon's event uh, that the technology shaves about four minutes off what is usually a five minute in inspection. 
So this could add up to a lot when multiplied over Amazon's roughly 100,000 strong global fleet. That's a lot. Uh, according to Mayika at Amazon, he said, and I quote, the technology should make the vehicle safer in part by catching vehicle maintenance issues earlier. The safety aspect is what we really care about, close quote. So I think it's interesting what they're doing. Um, my question, though, is how accurate is this? So UVI, UVI is actually the formal name of the company. Uh, and they have been around for quite a while. Um, they're obviously getting a big push with Amazon. And so hopefully it'll help a lot of the other, uh, you know, companies they're working with. So they work with dealerships, uh, auctions, fleets, assembly lines. Um, they are actually uh, able to work on, let's say, what they call sensitive facilities, uh, making sure that they stay secure. Um, monitoring vehicles for hidden undercarriage threats or modifications. So I think that's a pretty, you know, cool thing. And so this company basically has uh, things for dealerships, th uh, things for what they call service lanes, trade appraisals. So these are just some of the things that they do. Um, and uh, I think it's interesting how this technology can work. So they are located uh, right here, actually, in New Jersey. Um, they're actually right here in Teaneck, New Jersey. They're in Norcross, uh, Georgia, and they're also in Tel Aviv, Israel. Huh. That's a very interesting, uh, thing. And so the question is, you're probably asking is how much? Not sure. Uh, I'd like to reach out to these guys and see if maybe they'd like to come on the show and tell us a little more about their product and what it does and how it does. And I think it's pretty remarkable, but I feel that whenever we employ AI, We've got to understand that it is a learning and process, right? It's never 100%. So I think that's very important to understand. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you knew this, but LinkedIn, yes, that's right. LinkedIn hits 1 billion users. Wow, 1 billion users. That's amazing. So AI hits 1 billion users. And they launch uh, they launch a new um, coaching tool. So this is very interesting because, um, you know, nobody expected they were going to get this high. Uh, it actually happened on November 1st that LinkedIn revealed that it had reached over 1 billion members and introduced an artificial intelligence AI chatbot to serve as a job seeker coach. Um, the chatbot, um, you know, basically the Microsoft-owned company launched another generative AI tool exclusive to its premium subscribers. Because again, I don't know if you guys know this, but Microsoft owns LinkedIn. Kind of like a secret. Nobody really knows that unless you go hidden on the pages. So the move is part of LinkedIn's ongoing commitment to AI-driven solutions. I think everyone's just jumping on the bandwagon for AI. I mean, I think that's just a... That's the name of the game, right? They, they all want to have technology that is going to utilize AI in a very interesting way. You know, if we can use technology, if we can figure out uh, what it's going to do, um, how we can gather that data for people, I think those are some very, very important things, right? 
today we've learned that this robot I was talking about, this robot called Spot, yes, Spot's robot um, by Boston Dynamics, uh, which I understand was actually um, attributed because of MIT. So very, very interesting. Um, Spot can operate without intervention, autonomously charging, dynamically replanning around new obstacles and self-orienting, um, even if it falls. With over a thousand robots in customer hands today, um, they're sure that Spot is going to be a dependable coworker for your team that delivers consistent results. We know Spot is not cheap. Spot is just under seventy-five thousand. It's seventy-four thousand five hundred, and um, it's pretty amazing because see, Spot can be deployed in areas that might not be safe for humans. Right. I'm not just talking about temperatures, stuff like that, but I'm talking about maybe uh, conditions that could be hazardous, such as um, could be um, radiation, um, could be contamination, such as viruses in the area. Um, so Spot is a compact, they say, nimble four-legged robot that can, as they say, quote unquote, trot around your office, home or outdoors. Yeah, for just under 75,000, know, I bet he can trot. And it can even basically map out your environment and then sense and avoid obstacles. This is a lot better than that Roomba or that uh, home vacuum you've got that's supposed to be able to navigate around your house, right? It can climb stairs and open doors. And yes, it can also fetch you a drink and uh, it's very amazing, like, what they're doing. Because I feel that we're going to see more of this type of technology uh, as we embark. Now, Spot came out in 2016. Then, of course, they made, you know, more revisions to Spot. Spot's like this, this dog, really. But then what they did is... Uh, Spot goes down the stairs, by the way, to, by going backwards, which I think is very, very interesting how they're able to do that. So they rename um, the robot called the Spot Mini as just Spot, and the original Spot is now called Spot Classic. All right, so that's pretty interesting to know. So Spot has a variety of uh, some interesting fancy footwork. And, of course, the way it handles its gait, such as crawling, walking, trotting, and also pacing. Spot can stabilize its arms, head, um, while shaking its body around and uh, inspiring a lot of different things. But, you know, um, Spot, as we saw a while back, had almost slipped on a banana peel. Um, it then fell. And it was able to get up on its own. Now, the thing about Spot is, uh, unfortunately, it's not quiet. Uh, it's one of the quietest robots Boston Dynamics has ever built. But it's still not quiet. Okay. Um, did you know Cirque du Soleil uh, had auditioned Spot as a potential new troop member? <laughs> I, I thought that was, uh, was kind of comical. Spot can be, um, you know, uh, in the rain um, with no issues. 
Um, so I think it's interesting where it's going. I mean, it has a lots of capability and what it can uh, lift and uh, the operating environments it can be in. Um, it's pretty amazing. So they did add a, um, they added a, uh, basically a arm, uh, to spot, which spot just had legs. Now spot has an arm with a gripper on it. So it can reach and do all kinds of different things. The question though, is where are AI robots going? I think they're going in a very unique place. One that I believe is going to make hopefully our world a better place. So um, when people say to me, you know, um, like this thing about, you know, the, the talking tour, I never would have envisioned um, any robot company, let alone Boston Dynamics, turning a robot dog into a tour guide. So they use ChatGPT to train this four-legged bot to answer questions and generate responses about its facilities. And um, you can see Spot uh, run, jump, and dance. Um, and, of course, Spot talks. I think it's interesting how they also, you know, jazzed up and tried to dress the robot up to, to match the roles. Um, there is a quote that Spot makes. I think it's kind of interesting that it came up with from ChatGPT. Generator hums low in a room, devoid of joy, much like my soul. Generator hums in a room devoid of joy, much like my soul. I think Spot is... Um, Something that a lot of people don't realize, but it's a very cool innovation. The question is, will the price of spot come down? I don't know. A lot of R&D goes in. So you might be saying, John, what are the competitors of, of you know, Boston Dynamics? We always hear about this. Boston Dynamics is a spot robot. Well, I think right now there hasn't been a lot coming to the marketplace. There are companies like Automata, uh, H2L, Antibiotics, uh, Aptronics, Sanctuary, Pickle Robot, uh, Ambi Robotics, Dextrous Robots. Um, but I think what's interesting about Spot is that it has gone through so much testing. So much testing. Now, you might be asking me this, is the spot, um, let's say, robot uh, ISO compliant? Um, so human and robot systems interaction in industrial settings, it's now possible thanks to a new standard called the ISO TS-515066. And it's a new um, ISO technical specification, if, if you're wondering. Um, robots can now work together in collaborative environments. So human and robot systems interact in industrial settings and it's possible. So if a robot comes near somebody, it automatically stops. Okay. 
Um, basically, it's kind of functioning like a collaborative robot. Very concerned about safety. Um, protected devices, like we said, that, you know, keep humans out of harm's way. Um, and I think where we're going with robots is just amazing. Even if a robot is not moving, a person can theoretically walk into it. And the way someone might walk into a wall, the working group has even addressed this by requiring that sharp edges and protrusions be minimized for the entire system and associate equipment so that if a human were to impact the machinery, they would be no worse off than if they did walk into a wall. So I feel that uh, Spot and many other robots, but I mean, I think what I like about Spot is that it's constantly evolving. It's something that we can see. There's so many applications. I mean, they did something with a, uh, a major energy company. And normally that would be like a risk for somebody if they had to turn the power off and stuff like that. So I think what they're doing with Spot is very interesting. And I think what's happening in the AI industry is definitely interesting too. But we have to understand and be cognizant of the fact that when we build something, it has to be uh, for the greater good of all concern. You know, before I do sign off with you guys tonight, I want to thank you for being here. If you have a story or if you have someone in the tech industry and you like to apply to be on my show, well, it's really easy to do. Um, all you need to do uh, basically is, is visit uh, our website. You can go to jmor.com, click on um, basically uh, reach out today and you can apply to be on the show and we'll set up a pre-chat with you and we'll see if you're a good fit. So um, I do want to thank you. Of course, like, love, support the channel. Comment below. Tag your friends, colleagues, and associates. Share this out with everyone you know on social media. And then, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I want you to do? Of course, click on the BelieveMeAchieve.com and click on that link. Help keep our content free. Make the choice, ladies and gentlemen, to buy my team and I a cup of coffee, a bowl of fruit, a scrumptious bowl of desserts. Either way, we're going to be grateful. Those pennies and dollars that you invest into us, we'll put into new hardware, new technology, new equipment, new software even new facilities, to give you the most jaw-dropping, motivational content that affects you and the world you're living in. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Please do check out more of my amazing, inspiring content at BelieveMeAchieve.com. Please keep subscribing. Keep sharing. We want to grow these numbers. And also check out my other amazing podcast, Inspirations for Your Life. You can find that all at the link by scanning the QR code or going to BelieveMeAchieve.com. Because when we believe in ourselves, we can go pretty far. Have yourself a great rest of your weekend, and I'll talk to you real soon, everyone. Take care.